0: If you'll open your Bibles in God's Word, I want to, I want to start off in the book of Revelation. Chapter number two. Revelation chapter number two, and then I'll read a portion of a verse in chapter three. Are you ready? Give me 40 minutes son. Revelation chapter 2, and we look at verse 21. And I gave, somebody shout gave. Gave. Who's speaking here? God's speaking. God is a giver. He is not a taker. He was a giver in Genesis 1. He's a giver in Revelation chapter 2. God is a giver. Peace, joy, strength. Blessing, Overwhelming Abundance, Redemption, Healing, Deliverance, Light, Victory, Blessing. I'm going to try to get to one you like. Uh, God is a giver. Uh, And I gave her, circle the word her, circle it, oh you don't have a Bible? We'll circle it on your phone then. I gave who? Her. Her. I probably won't get over there, so allow me to parenthetically insert. We have become so politically correct that we are spiritually blind. This church had an issue Watch me now, and its issue was an overemphasis on women. Look at you, I didn't write the Bible, I'm just reading. I had a lady say to me one time, she called me to her house. And, boy, it's a big old house too, you know. Some of these preachers, they got big old houses. And I went over there and I sat down in that house, she said, we've been married for six months and I'm, I, I want this thing to be over. I said, what do you mean you want it to be over? She said, I had my ministry before I married him and he not about ready to tell me nothing about my ministry. So I picked up my little bag and I got on my airplane and I went home. Because I can't do nothing for you. You're out of order. I'm going to have fun tonight. God did not give me my voice back to play. I am playing. He said, women, you say, well, pastor said, women are out of place in the church. I preached at the second largest Pentecostal denomination twice a year meeting. And I mean I preached. And then I called all the women in the place and I told that bunch that were, were used to ordain more women than any other denomination and that year they had ordained less than half of the number they'd ever ordained. And so I rebuked them for not ordaining more women. I'm not saying that women don't have their place in the ministry. I just gave honor to one of the greatest women preachers that have ever graced this planet. But there's a problem if there's usurping of authority. Bishop Jake's called me one time. He said, dear God, I started pastoring this church in Dallas. He said, could you please help me? No, I said, what's the problem? He said, it's these women. I said, you the one want to loose them. <laughs> it's just a joke. Anyway, anyway, I gave her, now here's where we're going. I gave her space time to repent, and she would not. Revelation 3 verse 16, not John 3:16. Revelation 3:16. So then, because you are Luke warm (laughs) and neither cold nor hot who's speaking? God. I God will spew you out of my mouth. We are in a transition. Uh, there's a shift going on right now. Uh, there's a rumbling in the mulberry bushes. Uh, there's, there is a resurgence. Uh, we are no longer the relevant church. We are a revenant church. We are a church back from the dead. Somebody shove your neighbor and say, I'm resurrected. There was a shift going on in the book of Samuel. But before I get there, let me parenthetically insert for you that historically and traditionally, Uh, We've tended to view the entire world in mutually exclusive, opposing extremes. Light and... Shout for me. Light and... Some of you still hung up on woman. Light and... Wrong and... Male and... Is anyone confused? No confusion. I can help you. Just go with what God gave you. See, you don't even know what to shout about anymore. The kingdom hasn't changed, the culture has changed. And you with it, Oh, you got Rob Parsley tonight. <laughs> Little children that are not being named by their parents. One of them said the other day, said, well, what, what are you going to name your child? And they said, we don't know. We'll have to wait till it gets old enough so it can tell us how it identifies. I went to Walmart the other day and told them to dig me a pond. They said, why would we dig you a pond? I said, because I identify as a bullfrog. Now this whole business has led us to an enormous wrong assumption. Two of them, in fact. Number one, the only solution to reconciling two opposing extremes is to find safety and security. Watch me. A lack of conflict in an amalgamation of divergence. Stay with me now. A blending, Mm -hmm. a mixture There has arisen in this personality cult that at one time we called the Pentecostal church, an unholy amalgamation. It is boiling to the pot, seething in religion. We have lost our way. We have lost, watch me, the North Star. Somebody Somewhere, got to stand up, speak up, stand out, and fill up that which has been lacking in the body of Christ. In the case of relationships uh, between nations, this this can lead to uh, uh, an unusual compromise, which could be a good thing. But in choosing a life path, it's disastrous. Uh, We now see an increasing number of people who are seemingly confused about their gender identity. And so void of reliable guidance from authorities, they do whatever seems popular, whatever gains attention or seems right in their own eyes. With a prescription for personal and social calamity, laws and ordinances have been created across this nation that allow men, those born biologically male, into women's restrooms because they identify as female or vice versa. A quest for compromise has produced an upside down culture living on its head. Compromise can be practical and at times it can even be preferable. There's no need to fuss with your spouse about whether you squeeze the toothpaste from the bottom or the top, but there are matters about which every believer will never and must never, ever compromise. The question begs to be answered. What proportion of a concoction or mixture uh, can be mixed with truth and it still remain true? How much can one yield in matters like mm, I don't know, the virgin birth, the blood of Christ, the baptism in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. How about casting out devils? I fear that counseling has replaced deliverance. I got a new screen, but I'm the same preacher. So <laughs> you don't know, some of you looking around you, you don't know whether to clap or not. You don't know whether to shout or not. Here are the extremes, kingdom and culture. And for too long, the church is trying to grow by the culture rather than the kingdom I'm going to preach anyway isn't isn't it the purpose of our adversary to mix in just a little bit of lie with truth think about the appeal to Eve in Genesis chapter 3 half God said just a little twist just a tiny just a slight deviation God very clearly said just a small change of perspective just a subtle variation just a drop of poison on the apple and before you know it your life the lives of those you lead become infected with the corrupting contagion of sin Inevitably, sin leads to. But there's a second danger. Here it is. It lies between those extremes uh, that I stood up tonight to emphasize. It's the pervasive and perverse idea that we can travel from one end of the spiritual spectrum to the other at any time with no negative effect and with great ease. This, sir, is sheer fantasy and fallacy spawned by hell to bind us to the dangers, blind us to the disruptions and the distractions, the perils lurking in the space between. Let me illustrate with an artistic model of something previously Postulated but never really perceived in the natural universe until very, very recently. Uh, It's a black hole. There it is. A black hole. It exists between two extremes: light, darkness, day, and. Night. It's caused God help them hear me prophetically tonight It's caused by a dying star Let me remind you just parenthetically what John said John said I saw the Son of God i saw seven stars i saw seven golden candlesticks and this is the mystery said john the stars are the angelos he was not talking about fat little cherub beings with halos and wings Uh, He was not talking about some supernatural being with 18 feet tall that one of them, when it whispers, shakes the foundations of the pillars of heaven, your Bible says. He was talking about men, pastors, not friends, pastors not golfing buddies pastors not the biggest money givers in my church pastors not ego driven money loving maniacs not prestige seekers not name Droppers, pastors, seven of them and the candlesticks which he saw were the churches. One angel in every church, not seven angels in one church. Because you give money gives you no authority. And it's only backslidden preachers and pastors that make you think so. I can't stay there. Now now let let me draw the reference again. A black hole is created by the implosion of a dying star. A lot of black hole churches. You know how I know they're black hole churches? No light gets out of them. Oh, but we have a lot of people coming, but how many do you have going? But we have a light show, so does Vegas, but we have a lot of people, but there are 110,000 watching The Ohio State Buckeyes on Saturday, but they don't have any anointing. Okay, you're mad at me. It's gonna get better, hold on. That Dying Star's mass becomes so dense and its gravitational pull is so great that space and time are disrupted. Everything near a black hole goes in, but nothing goes out. A black hole can never be observed naturally in space because not even light can escape Maybe that's why the world is so dark. Everything goes in and nothing goes out. Light becomes very literally darkness. And if that light which is in you be darkness how great is that darkness Hmm. many scriptures come to mind blind leading blind many of our church services and gatherings are nothing more than conventions for the blind. Because if anybody had any spiritual light, they wouldn't be there to begin with. You're not shouting me down now. You gonna help me tonight, Wendy? The only proof that a black hole even exists is the obvious effect that it has on anything that gets near it. I'm not attempting to lecture you tonight on theoretical physics, uh, but to warn you that you cannot afford to stay in the space between two. You can't dwell between light and darkness. You can't mix truth and error. You can't be in the kingdom and the culture. Don't argue with me, I got Bible for you. Come out from among them and be ye separate, says the Lord of hosts. that church that was driven by that woman Jezebel. I just about threw my Bible across the room this afternoon because do you know what the Jezebel spirit actually said? We can bring the culture into the church. You're not listening so that we can bring them into the church. That makes about as much sense as reading the four spiritual laws to the hooker you're in the bed with. My name's Rod Parsons. I got to go to the bar with them so I can win them. Sounds to me like they winning you. You're a married man, would you go have a sexual liaison with a prostitute so you could win her? What six do we make? I'll tell you what's about to happen. The kingdom of God is about to get so on fire that, like a magnet, they're going to be drawn. You want me to preach or not? If you want me to preach, stand up and shout a minute. I can tell by your shout how close to that black hole you are. Some of you haven't had a quickening in the last 20 years. I need to know I'm in the room with somebody that God... Somebody need to get your shout back. You need to get your praise back. You need to get your wave back. Kingdom or culture? I don't have to smoke crack. To get you delivered, you're not shouting me down now. See, you're not shouting me down. I'm trying. I'm, I'm gonna. I'm gonna take you. Now it's old white guy though. <laughs> You a white boy and I was a white guy. Come on now. All right, be seated. Let me, let me dig into this a little bit. I was, I was talking to you about those dying stars. I, I, I was talking to you about what is created when a star dies. What should be created is a transition. The issue is that God... Never let go of a consummation before an initiation. The cross was the means to the resurrection. The resurrection, the means to the ascension. The ascension, the means to the second coming, to the rapture. The rapture, the means to the second coming. The second coming, the means to heaven. And unborn ages proceeding out of the very being of God. This thing does not end when we get to heaven and thank God it does not end when our eyes close on this earth. Is that Don's eyes? Come here Don. Stay right there. Stay right there. I want you to know that I have called your name. Now I probably haven't seen you in a decade. somebody told me you had stage four cancer about two two and a half years ago same time as me and I made it my covenant with God because I'm not a dying star that I could receive healing by praying for somebody else don't pray for me I pray for you and I haven't laid eyes on you since they told me nearly three years ago that you had stage four cancer. And I just looked over there and saw you. And how are you now? Cause I have called your name before the throne of God every morning and every night for three years, thanking God that there's not a single cancer cell in your body. So how are you? I ain't seen him for a decade. Every morning, every night. When I tell you I pray for you, I pray for you. I don't get your prayer request and throw it in a trash bin somewhere. Somebody shout. I got it. Shout till you get tired of shouting. Ah! I just saw a three-year prayer get answered. I pray for you every morning and every night of the living world. And look what God did for you. Give him a big kiss right now. That's Darlene Bishop and my friend Phil Driscoll. And if you haven't had him in your church, you better get it fast. All right, be seated. So we're in a transition. The church was in a transition, Israel, when Eli laid down on the job. And you know why Eli laid down on the job? Because he refused to correct his children. Y'all running around calling everybody in the world your spiritual daddy. We'll see how much he's your spiritual daddy when he rebukes you. You know what this book said? Seven churches. Seven churches. Six of them got rebuked. Are six out of seven of our churches having a rebuke Sunday morning? Oh, we can't rebuke. Reprove, rebuke, then exhort. I'm so tired, a bunch of weak need, milk-sop, milk-toast evangelical preachers, that I'm like, God, I could spit you out of my mouth. You ain't shouting now. Eli was, Eli was done. Some folk ought to get done they dared without the good sense to lay down. Get out the way. Make room for some of these young stallions. My entire life is nothing more than fanning the flames on young men that'll take and women that'll take a microphone and a Bible. Do something besides 25 minutes of psycho babble with three scriptures thrown in for good measure. I want to see some signs and some wonders and some <laughs> miracles and some power of the Holy Ghost. I want to see them running the aisles and diving in the altar. I want Baptist churches to be baptized in an instant in the. I feel my help coming. Some of y'all, you get that big church and ask the Holy Ghost to vacate the premises. You got 42 Sunday morning services. I hope the Holy Ghost falls on such a way that every single one of them line up. I I did five services in 1986. There's nothing new under the sun. I had to build this place because I'd start preaching the eight o'clock service and end after the nine o'clock in the night service and thousands of people standing outside. We ought to quit trying so hard to get people in and build a nine foot chain link fence with razor wire around the top of it and dare them to try to get to the presence of God. The ones that scaled the fence and climbed over bleeding on their body and dive into an altar will be the ones that'll shake this generation. Uh, Some of you old Pentecostal guys can't even shout. There was a transition. Eli was done. And your Bible said, Ere the lamps went out in the house of the Lord, God called Samuel. God, give us some Samuels. Give us some men that want nothing but God and hate nothing but sin. Give us, give us somebody that will stand between the two and tell the left and the right, you're both wrong to hell with your identity politics. There's no such thing as a black church. No such thing as a white church. There's no such thing as an Asian church. No such thing as a Hispanic church. There's only one church, and the last time I looked it was red.